well, 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 well. Do you ever, when we're recording, do you ever feel like we're um, like uh, Molly Shannon and, and Anna Gosteyer on The Delicious Dish? Oh, Rhonda, we <laughs> are them. It's not a feeling. It's that it's it's really, it's real. Oh, and welcome back to The Delicious <laughs> Dish. We're here with Pete Schwetty. Pete Schwetty. <laughs> <laughs> He's brought us his sweaty balls. Oh, dear. Oh, if this is where we're starting. Is oh, this where dear. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I brought up sweaty balls. No, um, never apologize okay. for that. <laughs> never one. apologize for sweaty balls. I'm sorry. I, I, this is my hill. Never <laughs> apologize. <laughs> never apologize for... 25 year old SNL references in general. Absolutely. They age <laughs> but like But especially sweaty balls. Especially sweaty <laughs> balls. Okay. Okay. Well, um, with that, welcome yes. to Pop DNA. With that, welcome to Pop DNA. <laughs> oh, dear. We started with a tangent, so hopefully uh-huh. we've gotten that out of the way and can actually focus on our topic at hand today. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Which is part three, the final part of our discussion of The Devil Wears Prada. The Devil Wears Prada. And what a time it has been. It has. Yeah. It's, I think we've had, this is one where like, I feel like we could do another like three episodes on this. On this movie, because there's still, like, so much to talk about. And it's yeah. just one movie. Like, it's incredible. Um, we haven't even talked yeah. about how they're making it a musical. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to talk about that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Frankly, you <laughs> are welcome. I, I sincerely and humbly thank you for not going into depth about how they're turning... A movie into like not everything needs to be musical, okay? I'm just just why? As why you're you, why would you, okay. as you're saying this, I'm imagining Keenan Thompson in the um the sketch of SNL where he the music starts playing and then he sings Ooh Wee. That's like What me, up with that? That's what me getting that? ready to actually talk about it, even though. I thought maybe you were going to try to cast Keenan Thompson in the Devil Wears Prada musical. I mean, he it would if that were the case, I might be interested. It could be his one man show. I would watch that. Be. Oh my gosh, I would so watch that. Keenan Thompson, uh, Keenan Thompson. If you, Keenan, if you are listening, or if anyone who knows Keenan <laughs> is listening. Please reach out to him. Devil Wears Prada, one man show. Keenan Thompson, Thompson is Let's, the Devil yes. Wears Prada. <laughs> Can we make this happen? Do we know anyone powerful enough to make this happen? <laughs> Maybe the the actor I've idolized for the longest in my life is Keenan Thompson. Yeah, he's like part of my childhood. Totally. And part of my adulthood. <laughs> Okay. All um, right. But- and maybe, maybe, maybe it would be a one-man show. Yes. But for one scene, he would have a special second guest, uh-huh. and it would be Kel, Kel Mitchell. <gasps> Keenan yes. and Kel reunion, Devil Wears Prada yes. musical. 
And because of the pizza face sketch, Kel can just be a steak. He's just the He's steak. He's the steak. Okay, we're um we're gonna go ahead and copyright that. Um, that's our TM. intellectual property. TM, a verbal copyright. TM, a verbal TM. copyright. Okay, yes, this has gone way off the rails. Way off um, the rails. We need to bring it back in. Last week on Pop DNA, we talked about Chick Lit and kind of all of the wonderful things that we saw with that phenomenon. And we learned more about what really is chiclet, like how you would um, define that in a novel or novella. Um, What else did we do last week? And we also talked about New York. Yes. And um, kind of fiction that is set in New York and how that, like all of all of these media pieces that sort of like have this singular portrayal of New York City and how that sort of fed into like the branding of New York City. Interesting. Very, very fascinating. Um, last week we talked about kind of some some of the frameworks that yeah. we see. Like the skeleton, ooh, spooky. Um, <laughs> the the framework, <laughs> different frameworks that we can apply to the Devil Wears Prada. But now we're going to talk a little bit more about the details and where we see those inspirations coming from. The author of Devil Wears Prada famously worked with Anna Wintour for eleven months, and so that's really a really big part of who the character of Miranda Priestly became and who she's modeled after. So I wanted to find out a little more about Anna Wintour herself and kind of how she might have responded to being so written about in kind of a villain lens, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to find out a little more about her. So I have some fun facts for you. She is the, of course, the editor-in-chief for Vogue magazine. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it. And there's some cool, fun facts about her. So her father, Charles Wintour, was the editor of the Evening Standard in London. So she comes from a long line of editors or writers. And Wintour was actually 19 and living in London in the 1960s. And that's kind of when she got inspired by fashion specifically. She says that the emancipation of women and the end of the class system and seeing that revolution kind of inspired her to work in fashion specifically and kind of fashion and journalism So that's kind of where that began. And her younger brother is a political editor for The Guardian. And she's also talked about how sometimes in her family, she was maybe a little bit um, not laughed at, but a little bit like, oh, you do fashion, you know, and Uh we do politics or editing of like a major publication And that's kind of, she has hinted that that's kind of why some people think she's a little bit steely sometimes, is that she's been getting that criticism for a long time. Mm -hmm. So she, in um, the documentary, The September Issue, she has a few great interviews where they kind of ask her, well, 
you have this persona, you have this elephant Mm -hmm. in the room is this persona that you're known for. And where do you think that comes from? And one of the reasons that she notes is that she's been getting it from her family as well for a really long time. The other reason she kind of muses this um, might be the perception of her is that much like Miranda Priestly notes, everyone wants this job. Everyone wants to be in fashion and there's some jealousy there, but there's also not a lot of room for her to sugarcoat, right? She's in Mm -hmm. charge of an entire magazine. And I'm not saying that I don't know. I think she has so many decisions to make in a day. You can't always like sit someone down over coffee right. and let them yeah, know. You can't that, hold everyone's hand. Yeah. And it's not her job yeah. to, you know, it. Mm-hmm. and we've all been on the receiving end of criticism and it's not always great, but it's also necessary, especially in the arts. So just kind of looking at how we make those decisions about who is evil or who is kind of mean spirited or whatever you want to say about the person. I just thought that was interesting. Um, I've never worked with her, so I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't know, but she also has contributed some really cool things to up and coming, um, designers. So she has the Vogue fashion fund, which pairs with a few up-and-coming designers and gives them access to funds and some of the other resources that Vogue has and kind of creates a springboard for them. So that's pretty cool. That reminded me of what we were talking about, about the difference between the boss and the bold type versus Miranda Priestly. Um, Yeah. That... In the bold type, the boss is really nurturing mm-hmm. and then maybe not so much with Miranda Priestley. So yeah. <laughs> I wanted to note that. I also just hadn't heard of the Vogue Fashion Fund, and I think that's kind of fun. She also was a huge contributor to creating Fashion's Night Out. So it was an evening where 800 stores in New York City stayed open late when there was a little bit of a recession and a little bit of a lack of bodies in the stores to to buy things. So she created Fashion's Night Out where 800 high-end stores stayed open far into the evening and it was kind of like a festival feeling. So I thought that was really cool too to Mm. get kind of the fashion industry booming again, although... I don't know if they have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, um, that yeah, that I'm kind of like, oh, so it's like the high end stores yeah. are staying open, and they're like, hey, p- people, come spend your money at these high end fashion stores. Like, who who who's going? Who do they think is gonna go spend their money there? <laughs> like... David Rose and Alexis Rose, <laughs> right? Norman Rockefeller, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like the That's the first there. rich person I could think of. Norm- I love that. Norm- I don't even think his name was Norman. I'm thinking. Well, I think you're saying Norman, Norman Rockwell. Rockwell. Yeah, Norman Rockwell. <laughs> but I like Norman Rockefeller. The Rockefellers. There we go. What am I, a Rockefeller? What am I, a Rockefeller? But yeah. Um... <laughs> Norman Rockefeller. 
Our good pal Norman Rockefeller. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Is Jeff Bezos going to go to Fashion's Night Out? I'm sure. It reminded me of our parents' <laughs> night out days, but that's oh, okay. Oh, gosh. It was kind of interesting. So there's there's a day in history part of British Vogue. And it's kind of funny that they think this is history because it's like... It is. When I hear this day it's in history... culture history. Yeah. It, I guess it just doesn't feel that far away to me yet. But I guess it has been. This came out yeah. a while ago. Um, 20... Not quite 20 years ago. Oh, but my like gosh. Six, 16 years ago. Wow, that's wild. 18 years ago? Yeah. 18 years ago, yeah. Yep. So on the day of the um, anniversary of the debut of Devil Wears Prada, they interviewed Meryl Streep about kind of her portrayal of the character and specifically about playing the villain in a movie that's so clearly written about a human who's going to see this and kind of how that feels and... Meryl Streep said, unfortunately, you don't have enough women in power, or at least I don't know them to copy. Most of my models for this character were male. I know the book was based on an assistant's view of Wintour, but it didn't interest me to do a documentary of Wintour. I didn't know anything about her, and I'd only met her at the first benefit, but she was a good sport about it. And I just thought it was an interesting musing that, like, she didn't go to other women. She went to the male, which I understand. I can see. I mean, I think we've all worked under maybe a toxic male boss as well. And mm-hmm. I, I can see where that could, especially if you're looking for specifically like a negative experience with a boss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight a few different things about Wintour's life and kind of how she came to be who she is now like the other thing I took away from the September issue was that she is a pretty incredible human like she's really the they say several times that she's the heart and soul of Vogue and like Vogue as an entity is just a really fascinating we could do a whole what a whole series just on Vogue magazine and the history of it so like oh yeah I just wanted to learn a little more about her have you ever looked into her life at all I had I didn't really know much about yeah, her before you I, know, started I, this. I saw the September issue like when it first came out and I remember thinking that they like the documentary does a really good job of showing well, I mean, they want us to think that that they're showing, you know, the reality. Of course. But, but like, but like, they don't, they don't paint her in like an overly sympathetic light. Yeah. But they also, the documentary also is not, you know, like feeding into that sort of villain aesthetic either. Right. Uh, like it shows her as a very balanced, real human being. And I, the part that that stuck out to me most about September issue was when she talked, she talked about how like her whole family kind of, um, you touched on this a little bit, but like her whole family kind of doesn't see, doesn't like take her job seriously. Right. Like they don't see this as, you know, like a real industry yeah, or, you know, a real, a real career because it's just fashion. And, like, I, re- I remember watching that part of the documentary and just seeing, like, 
the kind of like a little bit of sadness, but just mostly acceptance in in yeah. her face where she's like kind of like, yeah, they don't take me seriously, but like I have a job to do and yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's kind of like what she even kind of says about it. Um, yeah. Isn't that what what a lot of especially women uh, yeah. deal with? people not taking us seriously I thought it was interesting too when they interviewed her daughter and she was saying Mm -hmm. wasn't her daughter her daughter was like clerking for a judge yeah like she she's not in fashion either yeah and her daughter is like it's not something that I have any interest in at all I respect my mom but it's not something that I'm interested in Mm -hmm. yeah it was just interesting to, to hear from her family and to hear kind of what they were doing as well and kind of their reactions to her. And I think, like you were saying, there is such like a palpable sadness to her in some of mm-hmm. her interviews. Like, and I think a lot of that is probably exhaustion, too. She's mm-hmm. She works so hard. Yeah, a good documentary if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Another one that I watched um, recently was... Um, uh, the first Monday in May. Yes. Is that what it's called? About the Met Gala. I love um, that and one. So like they talked to Anna Wintour in that one as well. But they also um, talked to people in the, the Costume Institute at, at the Met, which is like who yeah. who technically hosts the Met Gala is the Costume Institute. And some of like some of those interviews I were just like amazing like how they talked about how like fashion as an art form and they show you know like all of these fashion like these clothing pieces and these textiles that they have in their collection and um one of the I think it was one of the curators of the fashion collection was talking about how like they have dealt with that kind of like second rate status as well in the art world that like the art world doesn't you know, a lot of the time doesn't see fashion as a legit art form. Right. And so like they're fighting for funding for their fashion, for the fashion, you know, the costume collections. um, And they just don't have the same like respect that like paintings or sculptures have, you know? Right. Like uh, interesting. Meanwhile. Yeah. Interesting. The misogyny that is, yeah, for sure. Wrapped up in that. <laughs> yeah. Like, meanwhile, they're panning through these gorgeous works of art that are uh-huh. also clothing. Like, it's it's really interesting. Wearable art. Yeah. Yes. That's another really great documentary. I know mm-hmm. nothing about fat. I know probably less than Andy Sachs does about fashion. <laughs> but I love a fashion documentary. I watch every one of, like... All of those fashion design competitions. I watched oh, yeah. all Project of those. Runway. Yes. I watched Project Run- Runway like faithfully for like several years. I haven't watched it in, in years, but yes, I loved Project Runway. And the new one they have making the cut through Amazon. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's basically the same, except they go to different, like they jet set with it. So they go to different oh. locations around um, the globe it's really cool. So I know nothing about fashion, but I have like an excess of knowledge about these design shows. And <laughs> it's just 
yeah, saying that fashion isn't art is just like, I can't even parse out like an explanation for that. You know, I just don't, Mm -hmm. I don't understand it at all. All to say that everything that went into the character of Miranda Priestly is kind of a mixed bag of misogyny and of just some different ways that we like to vilify people. And there's a few other reasons that I have here why it would make sense to call Miranda Priestly evil. So the first one that I have, so switching gears from Anna Wintour to specifically Miranda Priestly, the mm-hmm. character, it makes sense from a point of view standpoint. Andy Sachs yeah. needs to be our winner. So we have to kind of have that shared experience of the time when we've all had a boss we didn't like. We need that to go on the journey and live in the world of like a first job in New York City, right? We need that. So it makes sense on a writing level. But other than that, we see a few interesting things like with Andy with Andy and Miranda. They're kind we talked about this, I think, on our first one, but they're kind of like they're kind of copies of each other in a lot of yeah. ways. Miranda's kind of a dark mirror image of Andy. Yeah. She's like, I like to think of Miranda as like the, like the dark, like alternate future version of Andy. Totally. I think that's also like why she gets the job is that Miranda Priestley sees in her kind of a similar strength when Andy is not interested and she's not groveling at Miranda's feet. You know, she kind of respects Mm -hmm. that a little bit. So that's kind of her, her step in the door. And then that really, that moment at the very end of the entire movie where Miranda says, everyone wants to be us. And Mm -hmm. then Andy ultimately, I think throws her phone in the, in the water. There's that really. And well, and Miranda even says like, you remind me of me. Yeah. And and Andy's like, what? No, I'm not like you. Like, I wouldn't do what you did to Nigel. Yeah. And Miranda's like, um, you already did you that You already. Someone. Yeah. And that's the moment where you're like, oh, oh. okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man, she did. That's did what she... this is. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that moment where we hear the super annoying cell phone ringtone, but it's like in, uh, she like throws it or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That cell phone Because she ringtone. threw it into the fountain. Yeah. And then it's like garbled <laughs> when it rings. <laughs> and she's wearing a super cute dress. That's my favorite outfit in the whole Such movie. Such a cute outfit. The dress Andy's wearing in that scene. Yeah. Emily in Paris could take notes. Lots of um, notes. Lots but of Emily notes. didn't get to go to Paris. Oh, because Andy did. She got to eat pudding in Maybe a hospital. Maybe that's what that's what the show Emily in Paris is. Emily finally gets to go to Paris. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the whole show of Emily in Paris is just a Devil Wears Prada reference. We cracked the code. Um, we cracked why it's so uh, fascinating. <laughs> we'll say fascinating. <laughs> Yes, that's a very diplomatic way of putting it. Fascinating. <laughs> um, but all to say... Andy and Miranda. Andy and Miranda, they're they're kind of like 
in Wheel of Time when you see the three different futures and the all <laughs> that they have to um, refuse in order to to become an Aes Sedai. It's kind of mm-hmm. like and our uh, Miranda is one of those futures. Um, exactly. Yeah. And the other future is Nate. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I want that cheese though. That Jarlsberg. The Jarlsberg. Man. There's eight dollars of Jarlsberg in there. <laughs> Which is like, okay, are should we talk about Nate? I think we're gonna have to. Okay. I guess we should talk about Nate. So when the movie first came out, I think that like just because of where we were culturally and maybe just because of how young you and I were like individually like I know I kind of sided with Nate when I first saw the movie like I agreed with him with his point of view sure Um, and I think that that's I think that that's what the movie originally intends for us to do as well yeah but in recent years, <laughs> yeah, many, many um, fans of the movie on the interwebs have rightly pointed out that uh, Nate is kind of a douche <laughs> through yeah. the whole movie. Like, he, I mean, the $8 of Jarlsberg comment is kind Come of a, on. kind of a douchey thing to say. Like, like, I understand if you're wanting to be frugal, but like... Your girlfriend just had a really hard day at work. Yeah. She doesn't need you to be, like, <laughs> complaining about not eating the Jarlsberg. Like, yeah. you, can, you can do something else to help comfort her. Um, I also think there's something <laughs> to be said of support the human, like, outside of whether you agree agree with maybe the fat the industry that they're in like it's mm-hmm. clear that Andy is working really hard so she must care about it she must see it as valuable to her life so maybe like nurture her through that that's like a really it's a yeah. hard job yeah and maybe yeah let's so like obviously they're you know He's not the romantic hero, but I don't think that the movie ever, like, posits that he is, but also, in a way, he's a little bit right, honestly. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of this scene where, uh, the well, I guess it's like the scene where they decide that they're going to go on a break. So, yeah. um, great where scene. he's like, yeah, it's such a great scene, um, where he's like, or he says something to the effect of like I don't like I don't care what you what you you know want to do for your job like do do whatever you want for your job but do it with integrity yeah um, and then he also says like the person whose calls you always answer that's the relationship you're in I and that is one hundred percent correct yeah he's one hundred percent right about that but yeah like all of the other instances where. He's not understanding where he like openly makes fun of her to yeah. her face. That's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, like a real person, he's a mixed bag of good things and bad things. But That's- yeah, I just, I just wanted to like not defend Nate. Cause, like, <laughs> 
nobody needs to defend him. But I just wanted to point out that there's more nuance to his character than just being like, oh, Nate's the real villain of the movie. Yeah. Like, no. I, yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. I think that scene is so great. Like, as you were talking, I could hear, again, the sound of the cell phone as she's, like, uh-huh. trying to have this important... And at that point in their relationship, that conversation is months in the making. Like this has mm-hmm. been happening and building yeah. and building. And he, she's not even expected to be at work at that point. And he's trying to talk to her about this and it's, she still can't be there, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a grating scene. Yeah. And I honestly like, I feel like you could take out. Like, you could just take out of the movie the scene where she meets up with him again at the end. You could take that out of the movie. Sure. And the movie would still have just as satisfying of an ending. Yeah. Like, or you know what? Leave the scene in, but just make it like a reconciliation, not like a, oh, we might get back together. Because, like, they don't need to be together. No. Like, they don't. It's, yeah. It's, they'll they'll be fine without each other. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe... They're both at a point in their lives where being single is the healthy choice because right. they want to explore, you know, and that's, yeah. that's great, too. I mean, they're like 23 years old at this point, yeah. right? 23, 24. So, like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know exactly how far it is from New York to Boston, but, like, you don't want to be in a long-distance relationship. No. Like, no. Yeah. Categorically, no. Like, no. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. I also... I mean, Hollywood just likes to say that being single is no good. It's great. Right. Great. Yeah. Be single. Like, that's fantastic. You know, it's it's another unique part of your life and your journey. And you learn a lot of things as a single human. So, anyway. yeah. Do you remember if they, if it's implied that they'll get back together in the book? I don't remember Ooh, if it is or not. <laughs> I don't remember either. I feel like it might not be. But, you know, yeah. My, I, like, why did they need to? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. My memory is that they weren't at the yeah. end. But I, You know what? I have the book right in front of me. I'm going to grab it. There's also the uh, the cringier moment to me is when at the very beginning when Andy has just gotten the job and she brought all of her friends presents and they all kind of make fun of her at the same time. That's the one that sticks Lily out to me. Lily doesn't make fun of her. Lily doesn't, but like... Because she likes her new bag. Yeah, because she loves her new bag. But then like someone grabs the phone and someone... And it's like... It's that moment where a joke has gone too far. Oh, it makes me cringe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, thank you. That's an ugly phone, though. That Bangin' Olufsen phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> phone. What is that? It's like, what is it, like a $5,000 phone? <laughs> yeah. For, like, just go get a phone. But Go get a phone at, like, at that point, you could buy a phone at, like, Limited 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> limited 2. <laughs> I don't. I'm like flipping through the last few pages of the book and I don't really, I don't really know. Okay. I can't really tell just from the pages I'm skimming if they, sure. if it's implied that they get back together. I don't know. Oh, well. But, but you know, I'm surprised, like, I'm not surprised 
that that's implied it's implied that they will in the movie yeah like because i mean it's hollywood and like if they wanted to market this movie as at least rom-com adjacent then you know they've got to have that quote-unquote happy ending right so yeah like was it a studio note (laughs) maybe (laughs) right this is a studio note relationship um oh this is like a pr like a pr relationship right (laughs) oh which those are fascinating by the way fascinating anyway (laughs) oh my gosh yeah um yeah anyway are we done talking about nate (laughs) i mean never but also yes um but here's a question let's say um we were making not a musical but let's (laughs) say like a new (laughs) a new adaptation of the book Perhaps as like a TV series, like a limited series. Okay. For, I don't know, maybe HBO Max would do it. Oh, I'm sure they would. Yeah. Hulu might do it if they had the budget. Uh Uh-huh. But let's say um, we were going to make this new adaptation. Who would you cast as Nate? Ooh. As Nate. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon as Nate. I mean, she played Nick Bottom in our Midsummer Night's Dream. I just want to see her as like, (laughs) like, like with not a character, you know, like I want her to like a really raw, gritty performance as Nate is my (laughs) guess. Is, is, does the character of Nate require a raw, gritty performance? In this one, it's like, it's like... (laughs) It's like Euphoria Devil yes! Wears Prada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Devil hmm. Wears Prada in the style of Euphoria. There you go. <laughs> the Devil Wears Last Season's Prada. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> who would you cast? Um, I hadn't really thought about who I wanted to cast as Nate. I don't know. It would probably be like some like CW actor. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But I was thinking about Andy and Miranda. So I think I think Andy needs to be a woman of color, honestly. Absolutely. Like, we like we've seen in well, not that like we can never see another story where a white woman is the main character. That's not what I'm saying. Like <laughs> like I think that this type of story we've seen so many white women yeah. in these stories like we need to see a woman of color um, absolutely as a lead in this so i was thinking speaking of euphoria i was thinking of zendaya i mean absolutely i would watch that um i feel like that's a little bit obvious though um i mean she'd be great okay but if we wanted someone like a little bit less known um i was thinking of amita suman from shadow and bone yeah she plays inej like yeah. she, could, she could do it. I think she could do the. I mean, like, she's beautiful, so of course she could do the like after Andy when she has like her makeover. Yeah, but it's like, could she do the before when she's like a little bit dowdy and frumpy? Right. Like, <laughs> like I think she could do that. You know who I think would be interesting for it too would be Alana Glazer. 
Oh, I think she could bring kind of a humor to some of those moments where she's failing at first. Yeah, I was just watching uh, uh, Broad City. Yes. (laughs) I guess. You know what? She would be really funny as Emily. Oh, she would be really funny. Wouldn't that be great? That would be really good. (laughs) Ilana Glazer's Emily. Yes, I love it. Who's going to be Miranda? Hmm. Okay, so I'm not saying it should be Lucy Liu, but <laughs> um, I was thinking I was thinking about Lucy Liu's character in Set It Up. Uh huh. Have you seen that? Like, yeah. that's that's a Miranda, right? Sure. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it could be Lucy Liu. Um, you know who I think could be interesting? It would be it would be something we haven't seen her do before. But Carrie Brownstein has kind of like. <gasps> Oh my gosh. She just had, she's so interesting. I mean, I'm in love with her. Let's just get uh-huh, out of that out of the way. Yeah. She's so funny, but I think that there is the potential for a Miranda there in her. I think yes, there is like a fire there a little bit. Okay. I love it. Okay. I'm putting in our, I'm going to type it in so we remember, and then I'll, I'll post these on Instagram. Yay. So... And then Miranda is Carrie Brownstein. I love that. That's brilliant. I just. That is absolutely brilliant. I I love her. (laughs) And then for Emily, are we going Ilana Glazer? I think so. I I think that's the right choice. I think she'd be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And then for Nigel, um, I was thinking Stanley Tucci. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He just reprised his role. (laughs) Of course. Yes. Or you know who else would, you know who else would be great? Dan Levy. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Okay. So yes. that's who I'll say. Moving on. <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Nate. Hmm. Nate. 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 Oh, you know who else would be good as Nigel? Billy Porter. Yes. We'll yes. just say we can split up the part and have half of the lines Dan Levy and the other half Billy Porter. <laughs> Great. No, I think that's advisable. I think that's I think so. I think that's perfect. Nate, Nate, hmm. Nate, Nate, Nate. Nate, Nate, Nate. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're just saying. <laughs> it's like the thing where you say a word over and over until it loses all meaning. Yeah. <laughs> Like in, Nate. like in, um, Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. <laughs> Bobby Newport. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You've got to say it like a really menacing. Bobby, Bobby Newport. Newport. <laughs> okay, so Bobby Newport. Um, a young <laughs> Adam Scott Nate. could be a good Nate. I feel. Oh my gosh, it'd be so good. I feel, yeah. Okay, so we're just going to get a time machine. Yes. And have a... <laughs> no disrespect, Mr. Scott. You can play him now. It's okay. You, mm, it's fine. He, that character's supposed to be like 24, so... Get get makeup on it. It's oh, fine. Lord. It's good. Well, it's like Benjamin Button him. Exactly. It's whatever. <laughs> okay, so Benjamin Buttoned <laughs> Adam Scott... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I was I was thinking on my walk 
a home that Timothy Chalamet should play Andy, <laughs> but just super whiny <laughs> the whole time. You love Timothy Chalamet. I think he's so whiny and annoying, but I think he'd be really like, I'm Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. As anyway. Nate? As Andy. Actually kind of, oh, as Andy. <laughs> I actually kind of like him as Nate. I think that's actually yeah. really fitting. Yeah. Could we get him to do it? Yes. Do we know anyone? I mean, you know yeah. what? If we can get Keenan Thompson. Yep. Um, I think we can get Timothy Chalamet. I mean, Timothy Chalamet and I talk for an hour every night before. I we know go to you bed, do. That's so. why you find him so annoying. Um, no, yeah, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> oh no. Um, uh, who else? Okay. So who else is in this movie? Um, and then Christian. Should we cast uh, Christian? Uh, hate right. Okay. So he needs to be okay. So this. This goes back to my um so I've I've I'm in this whole thread on TikTok about how like when you're casting a Pride and Prejudice adaptation, you need to cast someone as Wickham who everyone like th- who you know you think is going to be like really nice and sweet at mm-hmm. first because like that's how he comes across at first and then you find out later that he's a skis ball yeah. so that christian is the same way because yeah. like he seems like really nice and like Ugh. you know and then so it needs to be someone who like you you know think you could fall in love with at first John Mulaney and then no not John Mulaney he's one of the white men I don't trust no um, exactly he'd like, be such a good villain Ugh. no because you need to not realize that he's a villain at first that's yeah. what I'm saying like it needs to be someone who you trust Jake Johnson oh I love him <laughs> but yeah I could see Jake Johnson yes okay we can put a pin in that. Um, yeah. What about what about um, Lily and um, what's the what's the other friend's name? Other friend. I can't even. Andy's other friend, Alex from the office. Yes, Alex <laughs> from the office. Um, hmm. I can't imagine anyone else playing Lily. I love her. Mm-hmm. We could do like a. Well, I don't want to go in the. We don't have to cast both of the Broad City ladies, but Abby Jacobson <laughs> is amazing as like that character. And mm. also, remember there there's a whole storyline in the book where like Lily gets into a car accident. Yeah. And like all so like if we were doing like more of like a a you know, a limited series, then we would we could you know, get into that storyline too. Yeah. So the person who, so we would keep that in mind when casting Lily and, you know, maybe Zendaya. Um, yeah. I I knew I would get her into this somehow. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for Lily. Perfect. We've got Zendaya. Zendaya, Zendaya. I think it's Zendaya actually. Um, okay, and then other friend. <laughs> other friend. It doesn't really matter who this other friend is. <laughs> so, t- Justin Actor. <laughs> Justin. Justin Actor. First name Justin, last name Actor. Okay. 
Perfect. <laughs> Get it? Just an actor. <laughs> Perfect. That's that's right out of comedy. Okay. Bang bang. Yeah. Right. 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 Who's your Who's your current celebrity crush? All of these people. Carrie Brownstein forever. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Um. Well, I I was trying to get a. <laughs> I okay. Who's your current male celebrity crush? Hmm. <laughs> I'm still trying to cast Christian. They've all, they've all been disappointing me lately. They've all so... disappointed me <laughs> exactly. So I guess that's there's a method to this. Yes. Who? <laughs> well, see, but that's why I said John Mulaney because I was so in love with him, and then he's hmm. a jerk face. Yeah. Turns out. Turns uh, out. Hmm. Who else has disappointed me lately? <laughs> um, literally everyone. Um, I'm coming up. Tom blanks. Hanks. Who? Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grandfather <laughs> Hanks over there. Grandfather <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> See, but oh, I think. Yeah. Who's that? Um. Who's the actor who plays Casey on the Mindy Project? Oh, oh, that's perfect. I don't right? know his name. What's his but name? That's perfect. Okay, let's Google it. Anders Holm. Google it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's who's gonna be Christian, right? Yeah, no, that's okay. perfect, Rhonda. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I'm so good at this. Because that okay. whole t- that whole relationship is so sad. <laughs> At the end. Oh my gosh. Right. Uh yeah. Okay. Well I think we're I think we're good. Okay. Um, so I'll you'll you'll call your guy at HBO Max. Yes. Um Okay. And to talk about this. Perfect. So yeah, we just, you know, we'll send out those uh send out those invites. On our next um, date night, I'll ask Carrie if she's around. Oh, good. Carrie, yeah. I've got the role of a lifetime for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's perfect. So um, we took a quiz. We did. And Aaron is? I'm Miranda Priestley. How do you feel about that? I Honestly, I don't see it. I'm... <laughs> maybe in about 10 more years of like just being frustrated at work but i'm not quite there yet i don't know who knows i mean you'll be like the miranda of of teachers <laughs> i mean we're all pretty already there we're all so tired out here <laughs> anyway what who did you get um i got uh andy okay yeah just uh okay interesting okay uh yeah and for some reason when i took the quiz i copied and pasted the the description in here um always good to have it says you've had to claw your way to the top in a world where the deck was stacked against you but you know what it takes to stay a step ahead of everyone else okay while you're the most likely to succeed in any office you also have the benefit of knowing when to step out of a nasty political circle that doesn't serve your life goals. I really feel like that that last part is the only part that's true of me. <laughs> but also you're a really good writer like she is. I see it. But I'm okay. I see it in your talent. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. 
Okay. That's it. <laughs> That's all. That's, That's it, folks. It. That's all, folks. We're done now. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> We're done. We're done. That's it. That's all. So next That's month all. Is... That's what Miranda says. That's all. She says, oh. that's all. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's such. I love steak. that. Steak. <laughs> Kel. Kel as steak. Um... Kel as steak. So we've got like three different um, Devil Wears Prada <laughs> adaptations in the works here. We do. <laughs> we've got the Kenan Thompson one-man show. <laughs> Kenan Thompson is the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> he's the devil and he's Prada. And he's also that's Prada. The... And yes. he's also Prada, yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you were talking about next month. What are we doing next month? I believe it's New Girl. No. No. Oh, duh. No, I knew this. It's Bridgerton. It is indeed. It's Bridgerton. I mean, do you want to talk about New Girl instead? No, I think we, we can should... change it. I don't think we've announced Bridgerton yet. I think we should do Bridgerton. Okay, let's do Bridgerton. Yeah. And we should get some friends to come talk about it with us. We got some good folks saying yes in the works. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm actually like super excited Me too. to talk about Bridgerton. I just got the, I read the first book like a long time ago. I just got the second book, which is what season two is going to be based on. Yeah. So I'm going to read it. I'm excited. I know at least one of our guests is pretty excited, and it should be a good time. Yay! Give it bow. Okay. Bow, bow. The other guest is like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it or leave it. Whatever. <laughs> eh, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so, yeah, friends. that's yeah. going to be February. 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 Made me shiver with every paper I delivered. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Before I sing the entirety of American Pie, we should sign off. <laughs> well, as always, take care of each other and yourselves. And yourselves. And your pets. And your pets. And we shall see you next time, friends. Okay, bye. Oh, and follow us on Instagram. Yes. I feel like... I feel like good podcast protocol is to remind your listeners to follow you on socials. Yes. But like, I feel like such a, you know, I feel like, I feel uh-huh. like such a shyster doing that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Okay. Anyway, follow us on Instagram if you want to, but don't if you don't. But don't like if it. you okay, don't bye. want to. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.